இன்ஸ்டாகிராம் about yeah. and that is lebron james breaking the record How, what are your thoughts on it um i was I, i was even talking to a couple of friends about this i think it's the greatest individual record in nba history because not many people you know have even done this like score over 30000 let alone go over 35000 when kareem broke the record it was Uh, he just you know went past will which was around 31000 points and you know because of his longevity he went and stood all alone at 38000 there were many 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 great players after him michael jordan kobe bryant you know um, literally everyone and even i think dirk nowitzki is in the 30000 club but none of them were even able to you know cross 35000 only i think carl malone was able to get past the 35000 threshold so that speaks a lot about you know what it takes to get to that point let alone get past it when you know there was there were speculations of lebron beating the record around 4 5 years ago because if he continued at that pace who's to say that he wouldn't be he wouldn't be able to break it that was the you know argument going around at that time i saw a video of tmac uh saying that he doesn't think lebron will he like he doesn't think lebron will break the scoring record because he think he thought it was something so untouchable that even a player of lebron's caliber playing so consistently could not touch it so that speaks volumes about you know the record itself so i think i kind of saw this coming a couple of years ago even chris paul you know said in an interview that he he was betting on lebron getting to 40k before you know at least to 40k before lebron uh stopped playing uh so many people who actually value lebron's game and can see what he's been doing to take care of his body can actually see that this is not that this is not something that uh you know was done overnight it's been yeah. there in the works for 20 years and ongoing so i i am really you know this is one of uh, the greatest records and he's still adding on to it so i don't see anyone breaking this uh, in uh, at least my lifetime or even you know in the next 20 i mean in the next 60 to 70 years what do you think yeah i mean i think that's a stretch i i don't see it being broken for the next at least 30 40 years yeah but you know with the three point revolution and all just like lebron beat kareem on lesser minutes played and lesser you know field goals made and 
it's like saying you know eras change right so i feel yeah. like someone like luka if he can play the required amount of games and stay at the same level obviously it's not easy but i can see a very small amount of players actually living up to lebron's expectations and we never know where lebron will stop right it sort of depends on when he retires i don't see him retiring at least for the next 3 4 years maybe so we'll see where he leaves the record but it's actually insane because lebron james has been in the nba since 2003 and in these 20 years that he's been in the nba he has not been an all star only one time and his consistency is second to none compare him to anybody else who you think is the goat his consistency is better he has the best ever resume for someone playing in year 20 he has stats that are very similar to his you know year 10 self when he was in miami you could honestly compare his miami years to now i mean he obviously shot better from 3 you know he had better stats driving to the rim all that but honestly you could say that this year is in some ways better than those years and that's very rare i don't think i'll ever see something like this in my lifetime like that's that's true i can't tell you anyone else in the nba right now who is even close to the level of consistency players have a lot of random drop offs they have a lot of you know uh, spurts they play good for some games and then they don't play good for some games you never know what version of them you're getting but with lebron james you know what he's going to do on the basketball floor you know his iq is unparalleled you know what he can do and i feel like now would be a good time so i'd like you to tell me what are your favorite lebron moments that you've seen okay so i started watch, uh, watching the nba pretty late like right after the 2016 championship so um you know that's something i regret but it wasn't something i could control so um i i kind of regret not being you know uh abreast of basketball when i was that age but as far as what i've seen i'm not going to complain i've seen a lot of great uh, great lebron moments but if you had uh make me pick um it would definitely uh, one would definitely be um game 7 in boston 2018 um uh, that yeah, was, that a was an insane game where boston had not lost at home that post season and boston's all time record in the playoffs when leading 2-0 was i think 32 and 0 so yeah. the cavs were down 2-0 that series and uh, you know going to game 7 nobody was expecting the cavs to win and uh, but me personally i was like it's game 7 lebron's not lost a game 7 um at least uh, uh, since 2008 2008 was his last a uh, loss in game 7s so to the spurs right no no to the celtics 2008 yeah in the conference semis right so that's the year the celtics won the chip yeah i remember this yes yeah yeah uh so when you know the cavs were down like at half or something uh they came back in the third quarter and finally in the fourth quarter when the game was slowly slipping out of their hands you know uh, lebron grabbed a, a rebound i think yeah he grabbed a rebound and went coast to coast to the and one over marcus morris and jalen brown you know when he beat his chest in front of the boston crowd silencing those uh, you know haters it 
you know, I, I was literally, I think both of us and another friend were watching the game together. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was insane. Like, yeah, I, to be I, honest, even, me, me personally as well, yeah. I didn't see LeBron winning that game because I'd already seen Oladipo take him to seven, which was something. So, coming, that was the year I probably got into basketball as well, right? So, I think yeah. we were both watching with the impression that, yeah, it's LeBron, he can do anything. Yeah, it's LeBron, he can do anything. But exactly. looking, back at that, yeah. looking back at that moment, it wasn't easy because I remember in Game 7, Tatum dunking on LeBron. LeBron blocking yeah. Rozier or was it Tatum? Yeah, it was Rozier. And it was Rozier, right? Mm. It was an absolute one-man show. And after winning those um, tough games, you could see LeBron with ice all over his legs. Sitting, yeah. <laughs> eating, eating orange slices to you know keep up his stamina to get his energy back while the whole team was celebrating around him. I feel like that's an image I'll never forget because the pain that he, you know, had to undertake to take that team to the finals is actually insane. And this was a team that was good enough to sweep the number one seed, mind you. That's how good the Celtics were, I guess. So, you know, like. Uh, I think uh, even Jeff Van Gundy was um, commentating uh, during that game. He was like, there is no greater achievement for LeBron than taking this team to the NBA Finals. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that speaks volumes on what team that was. You know, how dysfunctional the whole franchise was that year because they had two different rosters throughout the season. Like, before all, before the trade deadline, they had a completely different roster. And after the trade deadline, they had, you know, Young players come in like John Clarkson, um, uh, Larry Nance Jr. and you know Jeff Green. Yeah, I mean Jeff Green was a solid piece. Uh, I'm not gonna, uh, not gonna lie because he yeah, had. Yeah, but the, I think, but the thing is, right? Like, that was also because of LeBron's tendencies to tell the front office to make moves depending on his whims and fancies, right? Like, honestly, yeah. he wanted to play with D Rose and Wade. It just didn't yeah. pan out the way he expected it to. Yeah, and. Exactly. In my opinion, with that team, with Wade and D-Rose, they wouldn't have sniffed any of the success that they had. And that's what that's why LeBron is so good, because he's a one-man show and it works. If you just surround him with really good shooters and a decent enough center to rebound, he can take you really far in the playoffs. Yeah, like exactly. Obviously, right now he's 38, right? Like, you can't expect the same level of output from him. But back when, in, in 2018, we should have expected this from him, but he still did it. And yeah, yeah, I mean, my favorite LeBron moment is from 2018. And this was from the finals game one, the game after this, when he dropped yeah. 51. And even though they did lose the game, I did not expect LeBron to barge in, go on the Warriors' home floor and drop 51. So to, to everybody hearing this right now, the Warriors' home floor is Chase Center, right? But back then, it was Oracle Arena. And Oracle Arena is a completely different vibe from Chase Center. Oracle Arena is the place where dreams go to die. Nobody, and I mean nobody, stands a chance in Oracle Arena when the Warriors want to win. They had a different type of vibe playing there. All their fans are cutthroat. The, the screaming, the absolute energy in that place is out of the charts. And LeBron went in there. And he matched bucket after bucket. Every single time he was scoring, he was hitting threes. He was sinking mid-ranges. But yeah, I mean, nevertheless, uh, like, he was, you know, 
amazing from beyond the arc he was driving to the rim and overpowering everyone literally everyone like right from Draymond Green to KD to Kevon Looney he was scoring at will and even i think david west was on that squad and you know he was blowing past david west and no he, he, he there was one game where i thought nothing could you know beat the cavs because of lebron but uh, little did we know that jr smith would himself do that but uh, yeah coming back to the point when yeah. lebron dropped 51 he he i mean he also dropped uh, he, he actually dropped 51 8 and 8 and uh, he shot 60% from the field uh so you go against the warriors like the kd warriors in oracle with that squad and even 8 and 8 on 60% when all the defense is primarily focused on you just imagine if he had a better squad where the defense you know was spread out and all the focus all the attention was not on him just imagine what damage he could have caused yeah and we're talking about this against the kd warriors with a, a very good defensive draymond green mind you and like the perfect squad like shawn livingston was there david west you know every single person who was good was there I, I, there was one game like right especially for this happening for this to happen right after game 7 i was like wait what is going on because th- you cannot expect like no man to do this in the playoffs in the nba finals against the greatest team ever assembled like what was he on yeah and it's still unbelievable it's a shame that jr smith had to go and ruin that game for lebron and it will forever haunt his legacy you know what if they had one game one and then maybe they win a game at home and all of a sudden it's tied to all so yeah i mean they they lost a huge momentum surge of that loss and the cavs never recovered so that's a huge what if but yeah it will still you know be a be an insane legacy game like everybody doubted lebron he didn't have kyrie anymore and still he you know performed and a performance for the ages fucking insane another uh, you know great lebron moment um, i had was when the lakers won the 2020 championship you know just seeing lebron get his fourth finals mvp and you know give that finals mvp speech where he mentioned that he wanted his damn respect to you know that 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 was just for the haters because no matter what he did there were haters saying oh he hasn't done this he hasn't done that so he specifically mentioned that there were many people who said i couldn't be the first seed in the western conference we couldn't be a best like we couldn't win the western conference we couldn't win an nba championship if we were in the west like you know yeah. that was literally his first healthy year in the west and see what he did i mean i i'm not going to lie the supporting cast he had was perfect I still don't know why Rob Pelinka you know blew up that perfect a team you know they had yeah. the chemistry they had the length they had the shooting they had the defense no i think um, i think even aside all that right like i think why they got westbrook was a very simple reason because anthony davis couldn't stay on the floor consistently right mm. so they had to get in another star and say hey 
if AD isn't there, we need you to carry this bench unit, and we can't put that much of a load on LeBron because he's old. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was like a fair reasoning. But yeah, you're right. The year before that, they were labeled too old, and they did lose to the Suns. So yeah, there were a lot of problems in that squad because I don't think they could have kept everybody because you no know, Kuzma is also playing really well on the Wizards. So yeah, I guess they all wanted their own freedom as well. So yeah. it's just tough luck. But yeah, that was another you know great LeBron Lakers moment that I had. Yeah, I mean, I remember those huge Butler moments as well from that finals. Yeah. I was rooting for the underdog because I really wanted to see Jimmy get his respect because it was his first NBA finals. And, you know, he was doing a marvelous job leading the Heat. So, yeah. But LeBron really, really showed us what it takes to win the finals. And Butler couldn't do it alone. And, yeah, 2020 was an insane year for basketball. And yeah, I'm glad LeBron won four because at this point, I hope he has five by the time he retires. Yeah, that's true. So now that you know, we've seen LeBron be the arguably the best player, um, right from 2000, you know, 10, 2011. Um, who do you think is after him? Oh, you mean like who's the second best player in the NBA? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Since 2010, I guess, we have to keep LeBron at number one. Even now, I would say LeBron is number one. You can't count him out in any situation. I can't say that for anyone else. So, number two, there's a, I'll, I'll give you the options and then I think we can talk about this. It has to be Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, Giannis or Jokic. These are the only four players in the NBA who I genuinely think have a case to be the second best player after LeBron James right now in the NBA. Mm. So who would you argue for? Um, in terms of you know pure basketball skill, I wouldn't mind putting KD up there. Same. I would also go for KD. But why is that? Uh, see, the second best player in the league need not be the team, I mean, need not be the captain of the best team, uh, a second best team or whatever it may be. But according to me, the second best player in basketball right now has to be a player who can do everything, you know, consistently. Yeah. KD can drive to the rim. He's He has one of the best mid-range uh, jumpers in NBA history. Um, he is amazing from the free throw line, amazing from three, and plays above average defense. Uh, I mean, the main reason. Call it above average. He's a really good defender. I mean, yeah. now he's slipped up a little bit, but yeah. he's still really good. No, no, like the main reason why I would put KD at second is because I have never seen any other player in NBA history come back from an Achilles tear and do what he's doing. An Achilles tear is. Presume, I mean, like generally presumed to be a career ending or an injury that you get at the twilight of your career, after which you, you know, you're just going to sail into the sunset slowly. But that's yeah. not been the case of KD. He's, you know, taken his proper rest. He's come back and he's been in the MVP conversations ever since. Like he's actually been playing better than what he used to be playing before the injury. And that's something unheard of. 
like when Kobe got yeah. his stare in 2013, it was just downhill from there. Like, you know, f- even in recent times, take DeMarcus Cousins and even Clay Thompson. You know, they are not the same yeah. anymore. No matter what you want to argue for, no matter how much your feelings get hurt, <laughs> but uh, they are not the same. <laughs> but uh, Ironic you say that for Clay. Yeah. <laughs> But Katie has, you know, he's just built different to, you know, bounce back after one of the worst injuries in basketball to playing one of the best basketball, uh, I mean, one of the best seasons of his career, um, especially this year. And even in 2021, if, you know, I, I feel if either Kyrie or Harden weren't injured, that could have helped Katie push past Milwaukee and, you know, get to the conference finals. So... Exactly. That's that's uh, that's the one thing that I wish to add on this. Yeah. I feel like a player is supposed to do something called carrying when the star player is out. When they don't have support, they're supposed to carry. And there's only two or three players who I think can actually go really far in the playoffs without their star players. Nikola Jokic is immediately out of this thing because, you know, we saw him get swept by the Suns. <laughs> Yeah. I expect an MVP to play a lot better. He, I don't care that the Suns made the finals. I care that he couldn't win a single game against them. If you are an MVP, you should have that signature playoff game. And I feel like this is what people don't appreciate enough for Harden. Like, he's never had a really good team in the playoffs and still he's never gotten swept. Isn't that something to be really applauded? Like, he never gave up. He at least won once, even though his squad was never really matching up to the other really good squads. And Giannis is my second choice other than KD. I would put Giannis number three because Giannis, although you know he might be better than KD in a few aspects of the game, he's better on defense for sure. Yeah. He is is better at driving to the rim and finishing close to the rim. But other than that, Kevin Durant hasn't beat in every other aspect of the game. Very similar playmaking. A deadly mid-range shot, three-level scorer, has that mentality to raise the ceiling whenever he wants to. And again, Steph Curry is very close. I would put him just a little bit lesser than Giannis because of his questionable defense. And because whenever he's in the playoffs without a good team, we haven't seen him perform. We I saw don't think I've seen Curry in the playoffs without a good team. Right? Like, he couldn't do it against the Lakers. Yeah. He's a really, really good player, but... It's just hard to carry. And Curry is also a really good ceiling laser, just not a good floor raiser. And mm. KD, even with all those years with Russ, right? Like you might say, oh, he, he's a snake. He, you know, bailed on Russ. You could say all that stuff that you want. But those OKC years, he led that young OKC squad to the finals. And that's a huge achievement. And he did win four scoring titles in a row. And Kevin Durant does not get the appreciation that so many others in the NBA currently get. He has not been respected as much as he half deserves. Honestly, Steph gets way more appreciation because, say, he stayed on the Warriors while KD just gets slandered for leaving. But in terms of pure basketball, pure hooping, Kevin Durant is as much, if not easily better than Steph Curry in terms of pure skill. Don't you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And uh, don't you... uh, what, What do you think about um, placing Jokic before Steph. Jokic before Steph? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do that because 
as much as i think stephen curry is not a great defender he has his flaws in big moments and all that stuff he won a championship on his own with a team that was very good i agree but he did win a championship on his own and i haven't seen jokic do it yet and he steph has the accolades he's in a skill set he is unmatched so i would definitely keep steph above jokic mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree with you any anybody else anybody else do you have in mind to you know make this list across you know last decade or so 2018 sorry 2019 harden definitely you mean he already didn't win the mvp <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you know he had when to carry the rockets without chris paul or Clint capella yeah i think harden is the closest to packing this list and people will give the same point that i made about stefan jokic that you know he doesn't come off in big moments but i think he did he just has a lot of really bad moments also to go with it so yeah you know and and even 2019 kawai kawai okay kawai is a really good topic of debate because yeah that's why i said 2019 kawai because that was the one year he was completely healthy yeah i think kawai cannot be consistent number 2 because he doesn't have the longevity and he doesn't have what it takes to consistently stay on the floor like you know he's very streaky like you know this year right is a perfect example of this first few games that he played he was like you know rehabbing he was just chilling he takes his time with things and you know i want the number 2 player in the nba to not do this kind of stuff i don't want the number 2 player taking um you know days to just rest on on a whim like you never really know what load management is until kawai came into the scene right like it's good that they're giving nba players rest but if kawai played a few more full seasons if we could see him on the court for a lot more time i think a case could be made for him to be number 2 what do you think yeah i mean especially with the way he played last night and everything against the warriors um you know if he gets that consistent groove going the sky is the limit so i really you know have high hopes for him but uh, i was pretty disappointed with how the clippers played in the playoffs in 2020 where they blew a 3-1 lead against uh, the nuggets that threw me off yeah a lot but um, yeah that that kind of hampered my uh, argument for kawai as the second best player in the nba uh so as you said we will need to you know see him more often to decide if he is in the top 5 let alone top 2 yeah other than that yeah i think that's pretty much it right yeah so yeah let's move on to the all-star game this season and look at who's been selected and so we've had a pretty injury riddled um, all-star season uh and uh, you know just looking at the western conference starters we have uh, uh, the team captain lebron james who is a 19 time all-star and as panov mentioned he just missed the all-star game in his rookie year and ever since he's been in the all-star game and he is a three time all-star game mvp so starting off with lebron we have uh, next luka doncic a four time all-star and uh, you know uh he is one of the best players in the league and rightfully he he deserves his all-star spot 
And now, moving on to the reigning MVP of our league, Nikola Jokic. He is a five-time All-Star. And uh, he arguably is the best center in the NBA, apart from Joel Embiid. You know, that debate is still ongoing. But yeah, he's averaging a triple-double this season, a 25-point triple-double. So he is in the hot MVP race. Now, the other two starters for the Western Conference are injury replacements. Uh, starting off with Ja. Ja is replacing Steph Curry, who's out with an injury. And uh, Ja, this is his second, uh, you know, all-star appearance. And then we have uh, Laurie Markinen, who's replacing Zion Williamson in the starting lineup. Um, and this is uh, Laurie's um, first all-star game appearance. So, um, yeah, no comments on the last one. But, yeah, moving on to you, Pranav. Moving on to the Eastern Conference starters, uh, it's led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is, uh, you know, he he won the championship two years ago, seven-time All-Star, two-time MVP, and he's averaging stellar stats this year and is rightfully number two in the MVP race right now. But I think you know, number two and number three keep switching between him and Embiid. Who is the next player on the Eastern Conference starters? He replaces Kevin Durant in the starting lineup. Because um, KD was out with, um, you know, leg injury. And Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant, you know, we really expected him to play. He hasn't played a game against LeBron for a while now. And I was really looking forward to him playing against LeBron. But, you know, maybe the next time. And yeah. Embiid is a six-time All-Star. And currently leading the league in scoring. And, you know, he's having a, an insane season. So, hopefully, you know, he gets his um, recognition for that. And then... Um, Rounding off the forwards, it's Jason Tatum, who is the best player on the best team this year. The Celtics are on a roll. They recently, you know, almost beat Milwaukee. Today's game, they had a three that took it to overtime. And it's been insane. Yeah. And moving on to the guards. Um, first is Kyrie Irving, obviously. Eight-time All-Star. And, you know, he was an All-Star game MVP as well. If not for all the drama, you know, Kyrie would be one of the best guards in the NBA. But in terms of pure skill, he's second to none. And finally, my favorite player in the starting lineup, other than, you know, Embiid or Irving, it's Donovan Mitchell. Four-time All-Star. And Donovan Mitchell has been showing people why he is one of the best shooting guards in the NBA. I would honestly put him number one. He is the best shooting guard in the NBA. This season, at least. But, you know, I think that's a little bit debatable. But, yeah, I'm really glad he made it to the starters. So, yeah, I think uh, you can tell yeah. us the reserves. Sure. So, for the Western Conference, uh, Anthony Edwards was selected as an injury replacement. And uh, this is his first All-Star game appearance. And um, likewise, De'Aaron Fox has also, um, you know, entered the reserves as an injury replacement. And he uh, is also having his first All-Star appearance. And, you know, I'm happy for both of them because... They really deserve the spot, and it's sad that they had to, you know, be injury replacements. But you know, it is what it is. Um, moving on to one of the best selections this year, Shea Gilgis Alexander from OKC. This is his first uh, first All Star appearance, and uh, you know, he rightfully deserves the spot because he's been. Yeah, you I know, think we remember right, like we were talking about yeah. this, um, maybe even MVP consideration. At yeah, point. yeah, exactly. But you know, OKC is not really good. Uh, uh, is not really a good team, and the records aren't speaking, um, you know, on their side. So he's he's just you know, uh, 
been a good player on a bad team. But yeah, he's averaging 31, uh, 5.5 and 4.5. And so, you know, this is a well-deserved All-Star selection. Then we have uh, Paul George, an eight-time All-Star. And, uh, you know, a good player this season. It's not his best self, but, you know, he's been flashes of what he used to be. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this All-Star game. Then, uh, moving on to Dame. Dame time, seven-time All-Star. And, uh, you know, leading the Blazers with pretty much no help to, you know, almost getting a play-in spot and uh, really rooting for this guy in the All-Star game. And uh, next we have uh, Dumontas Sabonis, uh, his third All-Star appearance. And uh, he is currently the uh, uh, NBA's uh, leader in rebounding. So, you know, well-deserved selection. You know how far the Kings have come this season with him and De'Aaron Fox, especially after the controversial trade with the Indiana Pacers where they gave away Tridees, Halliburton and, you know, got Sabonis. This has turned out to be a win-win trade for, you know, both teams. So, you know, happy for him. And uh, we have Jaron Jackson Jr., who is a first-time All-Star and uh, one, of the dis- uh, one of the best defenders in the league. Um, personally speaking, I would have Anthony Davis over him, but, you know, I think Anthony Davis hasn't played enough games. But I think Jaron Jackson Jr. also has played, like, one or two games more than uh, AD, so I'm not really sure what the criterion was to select him, but you no, know, yeah, whatever. Uh, moving over to you, Pranav. Yeah, so looking at the East, so the first player that I would like to give the mention to is Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is honestly Miami's best player other than Butler, and this season an argument could be made that he is better than him, and rightfully deserving as an all-star, two-time all-star, and you know, he's made a defensive team three times. So he's been really great for Miami this year and they're trying to really stay afloat. And <clears throat> they haven't even been really as good as last year where they almost made a finals. So I'm hoping that Bam continues to step up his game like this and you know they can go further in the future. And then it's Jalen Brown. He's a two-time All-Star, which is, you know, actually a little bit less considering his repertoire. He's been really good. Unlike his running mate Tatum, who is a four-time All-Star, Brown does not get as much recognition as he deserves. And so I'm glad he made it on, uh, you know, the All-Star team uh, this year. And Brown, I feel, is the underrated player for the Celtics. Like, every time, you know, I hear him in trade rumors and stuff like that. But he's honestly one of the players who makes them what they are. And you remove Smart, maybe, you know, you get a little bit worse. You remove Tatum also. I think Brown has the potential to carry the Celtics. But yeah, more on that later. And... Then another forward who, you know, another controversial selection, Julius Randle. He does have better stats than his running mate, Jalen Brunson. But, you know, fair credit, he is the leader of the team. Two-time All-Star and, you know, he won a most improved player recently. And rounding off the forwards, it's Pascal Siakam, who is also a two-time All-Star, who is an injury replacement because um, Kevin Durant couldn't play. And DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton and Drew Holiday. Okay, so I think this is when we start talking about our snubs because mm. I love the selection of Demar. I love Halliburton, and I think Drew has a spot here. But do you think that these three players deserve a spot over Jalen Brunson, um, James Harden, and even Trey Young? 
I think Trey should have been first. I don't know why I didn't mention him first. So I should repeat that. Trey Young, Jalen Brunson, and then James Harden. These three players. Why do you think these players would vote for him? Um, I'm not really sure, actually. Um, probably Tyrese Halliburton because he was the um, assist champ before Harden became the assist champ. Not sure. But it's probably because the Pacers were, you know, expected to tank and, well, they aren't. Because he's playing good. He's averaging 20 and 10. But the yeah, one... but by, by, that, by that logic, right? Trey is averaging better splits. Yeah. And yeah. he... Maybe there's a lot more that goes behind the scenes than, you know, you actually let on. Probably. But, I mean, I understand DeMar DeRozan. He's, he's a good player and he's pretty clutch. So, although the Bulls haven't been doing pretty well this season... I can understand where his selection is coming from, so I'm not really surprised at that. But the one a selection I'm really, really, really um, confused about is Drew Holiday. I mean, what? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing Drew and then... What has he done differently in the past, like, this season? What has he done differently this season? From the past couple of seasons, that he deserved an all-star spot over James Harden, who's the assist champ. Like what? Like what's the reason? See, if you put a question like that, the Bucks fans are gonna kill us because they are gonna come up and say, "Oh, you don't know what Giroud did this year. You don't know what Giroud did. Um, you know this game, that game, and stuff like that." But honestly, I saw a lot of Bucks games this year. Giroud has been insanely good for them. He's been trying to, you know, few injuries to Giannis. Middleton hasn't been the same. He's been keeping them afloat. All that stuff, I agree. But in terms of raw numbers, he just does not make the cut. And if you tell me that defense is the reason he was selected, I don't know what to tell you, but the All-Star game is not based on defense. And by that logic, so many guards on here are really bad at defense. So why were they selected? Yeah, I mean, it's not like Tyrese Halliburton is Gary Payton or Michael Jordan on defense. So... Yeah, and I think it's recency bias or whatever because Harden's been an all-star since 20, what, 2013, 2014. Yeah. yeah. Harden, even leave Harden, okay? Like, honestly, I feel like, let's let's say, you know, his stats are not as good as his uh, MVP campaigns, his constant, constant top three MVP finishes, which is an insanely high standard to live up to, I agree. But you look at Jalen Brunson, you look at Trey, right? Trey is averaging 28 points per game. He's the only player who's averaging 28 and 9 plus assists a game. He is the only person on that list. And the Hawks have a better record if you want team success. See, whether Trey is likable as a player, whether his attitude is bad or not, I, I personally don't understand why that has to completely factor into an all-star game selection. Do you like Trey? I mean, not anyone to like him or dislike him, but I like the way he plays. And the Hawks are better than you know the Bulls or the Pacers. So. What was the reason he wasn't selected? Yeah, I think Trey has to be the biggest snub because um, I feel like the list would have been bigger if not for these injuries because um, DR and Fox, if not making the All-Star game this season, being the number three seed in the West would be a crime. And Siakam also with those stats is insane. So I'm glad, you know, some of those snubs actually made it in. But yeah, I feel like what would your order of snubbing really go? Who do you think was the worst snub? Hmm. I'd say Trey Young first. Um, Jay 
Jalen Brunson second, James Harden third, then Harden. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I guess you can throw AD there, even though I think AD is the motor of the Lakers, okay? Mm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I don't know why he is not given his credit because he, you know, rightfully deserves a lot of appreciation for what he's been doing this year. Definitely. You know, he had a rough start to the season, all that. And, you know, he's had a couple of monster games. Yeah, he has stepped up. Definitely deserves a start over Jaron Jackson in terms of pure stats, all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, let's see if, you know, he takes it in stride. The Lakers have a really good chance this year. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on, you know, how consistently we have our players. If we are healthy, oh, yeah, um, it's, it's not a problem. Um, we're talking about the trades in our next episode. Yeah. I'm going to get into that right now. Yeah. All right. So, um, that's been it, guys, for this episode of NBA Reels. So, we had a good time um, talking about the All-Star game and all these things. So, yeah, I hope you guys tune into the All-Star game. And we can't be more excited to come back with the next episode which is going to be about the NBA trade deadline and all the amazing trades that have gone down which have really changed the whole of the NBA landscape so for all of that and more stay tuned we'll be back soon